2: Welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity, where today we're interviewing another cybersecurity leader that's looking to share their tips, tricks, and advice on you becoming a future cybersecurity leader. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into cybersecurity to begin with?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. My name is Malia Mason, and I am head of the security engineering and operations at a little startup called Corvus Insurance. I've been here since May of last year, and it's been fun. I get to build everything from the ground up here for our security programs. And I've been doing cybersecurity for, we'll call it over 10 years, Try not to age myself too much there. And really my cybersecurity background started in the military. So I served in the Navy from 2011 to 2015. And that was my first kind of foray into cybersecurity and the concept of protecting our nation's secrets. I thought this was a really cool job. It coincided well with my growing up, tearing apart electronics with my dad. He was an electrician. And growing up with the MS-DOS computers and having to do command prompt my way into things, again, dating myself, but it was really fun. I feel like when I did that job in the military when I had to lead a team too, when I was in the military, I really felt like I found my fit. And I hadn't really heard of that concept of this whole kind of cybersecurity thing. I think it was still new and it was still like mostly like governmental, government-based or maybe in the financial sector, but I really wanted to continue that. And especially on what we consider blue team. So the defensive side of cybersecurity. And I've been leading people since, I'd say at least 15, 20 years now, and really enjoy mentoring folks. I really enjoy the teaching aspects of of our jobs. I really believe in cybersecurity. We don't do a good enough job of pulling ourselves out of the shadows and really talking through these concepts with our users and really talking through the why of, why of why we're doing this. And so I really enjoy that aspect of leadership is sharing that knowledge and to next generation and getting them excited about cybersecurity and hopefully as passionate as I am in cybersecurity. So
2: you and jumped it, on that and it brought up the question of why did you want to move forward from a, an individual contributor to becoming a leader? And um, did you have any struggles along the way? The
1: tech industry is still very much male dominated. I think the the last numbers that we got for women in cybersecurity is we might represent 15% of the industry. And I recognized that as much as I was trying to get more diverse individuals hired or trying to pull them into the industry, I recognized the best way to affect change is if you're at the top. And because the top, the leadership drives. DEI or leadership drives the tone and the culture of an organization. And I've had some toxic leaders in the past, and I really wanted to get to the point where I could be in those closed door meetings, in those leadership meetings, I could have the ear of the executive leadership and eventually be an executive leader myself and be able to affect change and be able to make positive changes as it relates to the culture and the direction and the hiring practices of an organization. I've absolutely found that since I've gotten to a manager role, yes, many doors have opened up for me. And then that means that I can open up doors for others. And I've been able to help a lot more people. And I've been able to affect way more change, having that magical manager at above title versus just being an individual contributor. So that's one thing I really love. I got a taste of being a CISO for a little bit. I loved it. But there's a lot more world of opportunities that open up when you have that magical C-suite title versus if you're just engineer or if you are principal engineer, which is not to say that's well and fine. People who want to do platform or platform, if you want to do principal engineering and you just want to focus on, on really digging deep into the tech, fantastic. I don't think everybody should be managers, but I really do love working with people, leading people. And like I said, mentoring is huge for me. And I love being able to affect change. And that's actually what I look for whenever I'm looking at jobs is what's my ability to affect change. And if I can't make positive changes at a company, I got to go. They're not going to work with me. And I want to be able to be a driving force for good at a company. And I want them to be
2: able to support me. As you grow and take on those more senior titles, you end up with a lot more responsibilities. Talk to me about delegation and how you're able to do that to develop the next generation of leaders.
1: It's critical. Like even at at our startup now and I joke, I'm a joke of a one woman show and it's I'm really six cybersecurity leaders in one and I really do have to trust the other teams and I have to trust other people and I have to be humble and reach out for help when I need it. I can't be. The subject matter expert on everything i have to do my best with my information but i have to be able to know where are my limits and when do i ask other people and when do i rely on them for help and that's something that i think is really important as a leader is know your own limits know when you should be humble know when you should reach for help and don't get your ego in the way no I don't think there's any room for egos in cybersecurity. It's, a, it's definitely a team sport and the game literally changes as we're playing it. So one person's going to know more about one thing than another and knowing when to reach beyond and knowing when to acknowledge you don't know everything, I think that's huge. And being able to build the next level of folks. But something that I work with at my current company is a lot of our engineers have expressed interest in cybersecurity. So I take the time to talk to them about these concepts and share articles with them and share was like try hack me and hey, let's talk through this and let's let's develop your interest. That's awesome. Help me out. And I've seen the results where they're reporting to me security vulnerabilities and they were like, Hey, did you see this in the news? This might be concerning. You should cha- take a look at that. And I praise them for it to say, Yes, thank you so much. This is great. You're helping to defend the castle. Like you're helping me out. Thank you so much. Great job. Yeah, absolutely. Like relying on your teams and delegating out. Cause I have, I'm in a lot of meetings all day, every day, talking with a lot of different teams across all different departments and I can't do it all. And. Being able to let that go, I think is really important. And being able to acknowledge when you can't do something, when you need help. It is real easy to just say, oh, I'm a wonderful Woman; I can do it all. That's something I've learned. You can't. There's literally not enough time in the day for cybersecurity, at least for one it person.
2: Sounds like you also are really strong in the skill of collaboration as well. Tell us more a little bit about how that plays into your leadership.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cybersecurity definitely doesn't exist in a vacuum. We, you, when you have DevOps and you have data science and you have developers and you have product managers and you have people, all these different stakeholders and security really needs to be the glue that pulls everybody together as we're building in processes, go to them and be a part of their process as they're building out their next program or their roadmap and say, Oh, let me, can I know your roadmap? Hey, I see some areas in which we can build in security into your roadmap. Let's talk about it. Let's work together. Let's work with the business rather than just getting steamrolled by the business because we know the business is going to go forward with certain things. So it's really important to meet the business where they're at. And we can advise, we can say, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. Please don't collect all this data. The data is very valuable. We're going to collect it anyway. Okay. How do we make sure that we're properly securing and maintaining that data? So I think that's really critical is not to be the no fun police, which we can very easily delve into that realm, but be the collaborator be the person that the developers and the engineers want to talk to, not the groan of, I have to go talk to Malian security. She's going to yell at me. No, I want them to be excited to talk to me, or at least want to talk to me and not hide things from me. That's way better. So building that Good relationship with the other teams, I think, is absolutely
2: critical. As you think about communication, how does communication tie into being a strong leader?
1: Very important. We can be, again, it's like the no fun police. We can be the doom and gloom and naysayers and, oh, it's terrible and all this stuff happens. So I think it's really important the tone that we take with in expressing our security concerns and not coming down on people like you're the. Disappointed parent. I can't believe you did this. Talking with them, like, oh, this is a learning opportunity. But having that going into that teacher mode, I really admire the patience that teachers have working with our children. And I lean on that a little bit of, okay, let's talk about things. Like, let's talk about what happened here. Let's talk about how do we improve things going forward and making sure you have that friendly and approachable tone. Again, that really helps because then again, you don't necessarily want to shame the person. Like, how could you click on that, you idiot? You knew that was a phishing email. What the heck? No, say, oh, you clicked on that. You clicked on that phishing email. In the future, here are ways that you can look at this. And sorry, you clicked on it this time. Oh, it happens to all of us. But here are ways that you can avoid that in the future because you want to build that trust. You want the users to talk to you. You don't want them to like shy away from you. So it's really important in how we communicate these things. I think in the industry, we're not doing a good enough job of... Again, like I said before, coming out of the shadows and really talking and show the issues and security and like, why do we do these things? Why do we mandate rotating your passwords? Or why do we mandate some of these rules that people may not understand? So taking the time, that extra 30 seconds or extra minute or two to talk to users to why we're doing these things can really help. Because then you see the aha moment. They're like, oh yeah, that matches what I saw in the news. Yeah, now you see why we're thinking this way. And I've seen that work really well, where teams actually predict now when they're talking to me, they were like, hey, you probably have questions about this and this because you brought it up before. We wanted to talk to you about this. And now I was like, ah, cool. We're thinking on the same level. And now they're predicting what I'm going to have issues with when they're building their products. So I think that's really important is take that extra time to talk through the whys and not just issue, you can't do that because I said so. Don't be that.
2: And as you communicate with them and build that relationship with them, how does influence come into play and how is it slightly different than just communicating?
1: It's so interesting. Our industry is so weird because we have these cybersecurity quote unquote influencers and being able to having the clout, right, is I get a certain amount of clout because one people here I worked at, I was one of the leaders in cybersecurity for Hulu and Disney. They're like, oh, wow, that's super exciting and fun. But also knowing the right people, identifying the right people to have good relationships with. So identifying maybe the lead platform architect or identifying the lead platform engineer, getting a good relationship with them because they're going to see way more of the code and the infrastructure and the backend. And they might be able to see things ahead of time and getting that good relationship with them and identifying key stakeholders within the organization. <clears throat> Maybe someone is a blocker to your security effort, but if you can get some key developers or key engineers who align with you and they can advocate in meetings that you're not a part of, then you're spreading your influence around, around the way. And people are asking, yeah, why don't we implement it MSA? That's the best security practice. And then that way, it's not coming from my mouth. It's not coming from the security mouth. Now it's coming from the people who are involved with it. I have buy-in. So it can be a way that getting those, we might call them security champions and within the different departments and then, you know, talking with them and then they can then spread Oh, yes, of course, we should be using key best security practices. So that can really help. And also just sometimes you get throw out there. Oh, yeah, I gave a talk on this at this conference or whatever. Sometimes that helps. And then they're like, oh, wow, it's the cool factor. OK, that kind of adds to, oh, this person probably knows what they're talking about. Like they gave this cool talk at this big conference. So there's a lot of parts that play into it. And I think that's what a lot of folks don't understand about security is it's a lot of people management and even outside of management. It's a lot of talking with users. It's a lot of having to build relationships. And it's actually why I love career switchers who come from like a psych background, like psychology is, okay, get inside people's heads and how do you understand emotions and how, like what motivates humans? Those folks do a really good job in cybersecurity because they can pick up the tech easily. Do you know how to interact with, with your users? Do you know how to talk with them? And do you know how to build that trusting relationship with them? Because that's the most important thing at the end of the day.
2: Pivoting off the interacting with lots of people and also finding the right people to interact with that you mentioned earlier. (laughs) Tell us a little bit how you use networking to advance your career.
1: I always tell people networking is the most important aspect in cybersecurity. You can learn these tech skills whenever. And honestly, I learn every day. I was just doing some reading last night on a new secret scanning tool, right? But the networking, knowing people and knowing who's in your back pocket, knowing who you can reach out to. I talked about earlier is like knowing where your limitations are and knowing who can you trust in your network to ask questions about, hey, does anybody know anything about this tool or hey, I have this like query that isn't working or hey, did anybody see this file, or whatever, like having that network and being able to lean on people like outside of your work environment and having those people you can lean on, that's huge. And also for job searching, that's the most critical aspect, especially going into the recession, the job market is gonna be pretty rough for a while. There's gonna be a lot of people applying for jobs and getting a referral is the best way, especially in our industry where trust is so huge probably the number one. And I'm asked all the time to refer people. And I'm always happy to do that. and it can be a way to get in the back door and get advanced, especially for underrepresented folks. A lot of times we're left behind. And so I do a lot of work in trying to use my network. I've spent a long time building it. I'm connected with I think, over 5,000 people on LinkedIn. And I absolutely like value all those connections and talk with them and especially across all multiple different industries and. That's so important. And I've been able to help a lot of people get jobs in cybersecurity or career switch or just try to open the doors for them. Because I know if I ever need help, then they're gonna open the door for me. This is again, very much cybersecurity is a team effort. We all need to stick together. We all need to work together. And that's where the power of having that work network is if somebody sees something, then they can share it with their fellow cybersecurity folks and then hopefully, the lessons learned that they had at their company will prevent anything bad happening at their company. It's happened with Winds, right? We saw whispers of it that weekend that was like, hey, there might be something happening. You might want to take a look at SolarWinds. We're hearing whispers of it from FireEye. And I was so grateful to the cyber community because I hopped on my weekend on my day off. I was like, let me check just to be sure. Sure enough, a couple hours later, news dropped. This is bad news. Everything was getting worse, but I was able to, because of leaning on my network and having that, those connections, was able to go and check my environment and put in some preventative measures. And I was ready to respond to executives when they were pinging me within an hour, what's going on? Are we safe? Are we good? And my cybersecurity friends and my network definitely were super helpful then. And that's what I love probably most about the cybersecurity industry is how collaborative it is and how everybody does work together. So what I would say is for any future cybersecurity leaders is humble, know the limits of your knowledge and know when to reach out, expand your network, go get outside your comfort zone. I'm supposedly an ambivert. I'm in the middle of introverted and extroverted. I attend networking events. I go outside my comfort zone. Yep. I have to do the recharge <clears throat> after an event and I have to go recharge my introverted self, but it's so important to make those connections and to make those, to build that network and communicate with your users. Don't be the no fun police. Be the nice security manager that sometimes has to issue out a mandate, but explain why. Take the extra minute or two to explain why. Your users will think more highly of you and you'll be more approachable. You don't want anybody to hide anything from you. So watch the way you communicate things like with your tone and don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to try and fail. I would say for all the underrepresented folks who might be listening is, you know, my, my journey to manager was definitely not easy. I did run across several people who, oh, why should you be leading? What, you know, but find those leaders and find those hiring managers who recognize your leadership, who recognize that you are a good leader and recognize your potential and work work for those people and they'll work on your growth and they'll work on your development and you'll be such a better person for it. And you'll be much better off than just seeking out the Googles or whatever for the title. Seek out a good manager and get mentors to have mentors from all different realms and not just in your job, but then look who inspires you as a leader. What did they do? What was their pathway to leadership? What did they, what kind of jobs did they have? What kind of training did they go through? Just don't be afraid to ask for help. If I can do it, anybody else can do it. And I look forward to see the next set of leaders in the cybersecurity industry.
2: Any final advice for them?
1: You know what? My door is always open. Anybody can connect with me on LinkedIn. My door is always open. I'm always happy to talk with folks in who aspire to either get into cybersecurity or especially if they want to move into a position of leadership. So please don't hesitate to, to reach out. And I'm happy to talk with anybody and try to help out if I can.
2: Malia, thank you for coming on to another episode of Breaking
0: Into Cybersecurity Leadership. Thank you and have a great day.